0: Life-giving words from pastor and best-selling author, Dr. Michael Youssef, to begin this Leading the Way audio.
1: Don't just be curious about the end times. Be prepared for it and be ready to invest of yourself in your children and your grandchildren because we find that the core of the problem that the book of Revelation encounters, the core of the problem that the book of revelation addresses in the first century is a very core problem that the 21st century church is facing you know what i'm talking about it's one word
0: compromise compromise in a moment dr youssef guides you to the last pages of the bible Revelation, encouraging you to firmly grasp the truth found in God's Word. Please remember that the ministry of Leading the Way is made possible by your faithful prayers and your generosity. You can find out ways to stand with Dr. Youssef when you call us 866-626-4356 or go to ltw.org. Do that a little later, because right now let's listen as Dr. Michael Youssef continues his series called Revelation for Today. When the Apostle John was
1: privileged to be given this unique revelation and to put it down in the book of Revelation, he was living under one of the greatest persecution of his day. This great persecution is vitally important for you to understand as a background to this book. In fact, understanding the historical background to the book of Revelation will help you to understand the book better. And not just pick and choose those little things that some so-called prophetic preachers pick and choose. You've got to understand the book as a whole. And so let me give you a very quick historic background. In the year 70 A.D., Jerusalem was besieged by the Roman army, under the leadership of General Titus. And what happened in Jerusalem and to the temple is exactly in details what Jesus has predicted was going to happen 40 years earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. General Titus was the son of Vespasian, who was the emperor at the time. And after Vespasian's death, Titus became the emperor of Rome, but within two years he died of a mysterious illness. And so his brother, Emperor Domitian, became emperor. And he demanded that everyone must worship him as God. He said people should burn incense in front of his statue in every town in the Roman Empire. There must burn incense and they must say, our Lord God our Lord God. Now, by the time Domitian became an emperor, all of the disciples died a modest death. They suffered and died for Christ, except for John. John was the only one of the twelve who was still alive. Peter and Andrew were crucified. Thomas was killed in India with a spear. Nathaniel was executed by an axe in Syria. Philip was hung in Africa. And Paul was beheaded in Rome. John is the only disciple who is left at this time. And remember this, he was in his early 90s. John was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. John stood up to this pagan worship of emperor worship. He stood up and he warned the believers. And he told them not to do that. Do not bow to idols. Do not bow to the emperor. Do not burn incense. He kept on preaching that Jesus only to be worshipped and adored. Jesus only is the way to salvation in the middle of idolatry. Jesus only is the giver of eternal life in the midst of a polytheistic culture. Jesus only is the truth in the midst of everything goes society. And so the emperor Domitian wanted to silence John, and so he sent him to exile in the island of Potmus. Potmus was actually a thriving Roman colony with army and, and with temples. While John was free in the island, he could not leave it. As long as Domitian is an emperor, as long as Domitian was in charge, John is to stay on that island. Now, here's something that you must know and you must understand, that the books of the Bible, that's Genesis to Revelation, is the whole history of mankind. It describes, in the book of Genesis, humanity's fall because of sin, and in Revelation describes how those who will be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ will be restored in fellowship with God. Revelation completes our understanding of God's purpose for history. We are not wandering aimlessly. We are not wandering haplessly. We have a purpose, and history has a purpose, and it may look like it's out of control. It's not out of the control of God. He is reigning and ruling even now. And that is why the book of Revelation kind of divides itself into four sections. Section 1 is chapters 1 to 3. And it's a warning, and encouragement to the church. Secondly, section 2 is chapters 4 to 17, God's judgment against sin that is going to be poured out upon the earth. And then section 3 is 18 to 20, the final defeat and the destruction of Satan and evil. And in section 4, which is chapters 21 and 22, is the coming of the new heaven and the new earth, which I can't wait for. Now, turn with me, please, if you haven't already, to Revelation chapter 1. I want you to look at verse 10 with me. For there, John tells us that he experienced his vision while he was in the Spirit. You see, the Roman emperor sent John into exile. Why? To punish him, to silence him, to banish him, to get him out of the way, to show him who's boss. The Roman emperor thought that he defeated John, but John would not be defeated. Exile may have separated him from his loved ones, but it never separated him from the Lord Jesus Christ. Exile may have removed him from Christian fellowship, but it never removed him from fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God. Exile may have isolated him from everything that is near and dear, but never isolated him from the Holy Spirit of God. The emperor thought that he could break John's spirit, but John was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he would not be broken. John yielded to the Holy Spirit. John was comforted by the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Now, beloved, no matter what you are going through right now, no matter what tough circumstances you experience, no matter how much pain you are enduring right now, no matter how much grief you are experiencing right now, nothing shall separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Give God glory. Give God glory. You see, John was in the spirit, even in Patmos. Even in Patmos, it doesn't matter the location makes no difference. And whatever your Patmos is, your Patmos cannot separate you from the Holy Spirit, that you can live by and in and through the Holy Spirit's power. In fact, it appears that this great and magnificent, spectacular book of Revelation would not have been possible if it wasn't for Patmos. Did you get that? Remember... Your greatest blessing can be in your Patmos. Your greatest effectiveness can be at your Patmos. Your mystery of the ages was only possible in Patmos. The enemies thought that they could banish John and silence the message of the gospel. But God turned it into the most powerful heavenly vision for all of eternity. Because John yielded to the Holy Spirit and not to his circumstances, God transformed his punishment into praise. He transformed his pain into gain. He transformed his stagnation into revelation. Because John yielded to the Holy Spirit, not to his difficulties, God swept him into the future eternity itself. He became a time traveler. He was transported to the Lord's day. And here comes something else in the background about the book of Revelation. When he said, the Lord's day. So what is this Lord's day that John is experiencing? The Lord's day, as you see it throughout the Scripture, is the day of the Lord's judgment. It's judgment day. The Lord's day is the final day when Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead. And John was privileged by Jesus to see that final day with his own physical eye. Now, some of you might remember this. In that very last chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus was, in a sense, farewelling his disciples. And he said to Peter about how Peter is going to suffer and die for Christ. And then Peter wanted to start a gossip club. Do you know how you'd start a gossip club? Start talking about other people rather than talking to them. And Peter wanted to start a gossip club. So he looked at Jesus and said, what about him? What are you going to do with John? I want to know. I know what you're going to do, but what are you going to do with John? And here's what Jesus answered. Please, trust me when I tell you. Literally, it's stronger than what I'm going to say. But here's what Jesus said. None of your business, Peter. (laughs) Really. Literally. None of your business. He said... If he, if it is my will for him to remain until I returned, what is that to you? And the disciples was it says in the scripture, they were puzzled. Ah, oh, is John going to be around when the Lord returns? But what Jesus was saying at the last chapter of the Gospel of John, he was expressing his will for John to witness the future event of Jesus' return in a vision, which is the Book of Revelation. And he did. Now, I told you in the last message that as the 21st century church departs from its biblical moorings, as some churches now are skeptical and embarrassed about biblical prophecies, as some Christians are pretending that Revelation doesn't even belong to the Bible, this tragedy is because so much of the book of Revelation is relevant for today. Without a doubt, Satan is behind all of the turmoil and the confusion in the world today. And believe it or not, C.S. Lewis predicted the situation in his magnificent book, Screwtape Letter. There is a a dialogue between a demon by the name of Screwtape and his nephew, Wormwood. And here's what C.S. Lewis said, Screwtape saying to Wormwood. I have great hopes that we shall learn in due time how to emotionalize and mythologize their science to such an extent that what is in effect belief in us, demons, though not under that name, will creep in while the human mind remains closed to belief in the enemy. If once we can produce our perfect work, the materialist magician, the man, not using, but veritably worshipping what he vaguely calls forces while denying the existence of spirits, then the end of the war will be in sight. But now we live in those days that C.S. Lewis has predicted in this dialogue between those two demons. For you literally have to be living in another planet not to see how the media... And the opinion makers are telling us that you can have miracles without God, that you can be spiritual without the Holy Spirit, that you can have salvation without the Savior, that you can have power without prayer, that you can have morality without the Bible, that you can worship the creation and ignore the Creator, that you can worship the forces and deny God, that you can follow false prophets and false teachers, all the while treat God's Word as a myth. Satan has deceived so many who call themselves Christians and and go to churches on a regular basis. And one of the most popular authors, and one of... Opera's favorite is a man by the name of Eckhart Tolle. Do you know that he is followed by so many churchgoers, millions of churchgoers? Listen to what Tolle said. We need to understand here that heaven is not a location, but refers to the inner realm of consciousness. This is the esoteric meaning of the word. And this is also its meaning in the teaching of Jesus. Give me a break. He knows the teaching of Jesus. This is, beloved, a satanic gospel, just like C.S. Lewis predicted. The very word that Jesus used in John chapter 14, the word topos, and it means a physical location. Jesus did not say, I go and prepare for you an inner realm of consciousness, and when I have an inner realm of consciousness ready, I'll come and get you. Beloved, I want to plead with you, don't just be curious about the end times. Be prepared for it, and be ready to invest of yourself in your children and your grandchildren. Because we find that the core of the problem that the book of Revelation encounters, the core of of the problem that the book of Revelation addresses in the first century is a very core problem that the 21st century church is facing. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's one word, compromise. Compromise. When our children see us compromise, they walk out on the Christian faith altogether. So let this be a warning for every one of us. You see, when Emperor Domitian said, burn incense at my statue, many Christians said, there's not much harm done in burning little incense. Surely, we still go to church on the first day of the week. It would save us a whole lot of trouble. It would save us losing our job. It would save us losing these deals. It would help us be popular in the culture. It would certainly avoid accusations that we are haters and that we hate people. Surely it's not going to hurt to just burn incense to the mission, but then be at church on Sunday. But John's message was very clear. Take a stand, especially as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. As I already mentioned, this type of compromise has been the increase numerically. In this country, let alone the rest of the world, in this country, at an alarming speed, but more than 64% of so-called Christians deny that Jesus is the only way, which is the very core of the Christian faith. You see, this type of teaching, and I want to show you how it happened historically. In the 80s, when the New Age movement broke out, many people snickered at them, even the comedians were making fun of them. They laughed, we all laughed at the New Age, but there are now the main principles of living in America in the 21st century. In fact, the New Age movement back then pretended to agree with Jesus, and they invaded the churches. And now, Satan is in charge of many a church. Stand firm, my beloved friends, for the day is drawing near. Don't bow to the emperor, whoever the emperor is in your life. Don't bow to him. In fact, the message back then went something like this. God loves us all. God lives in us all. And the answer to our problem is not repentance, but higher consciousness. And when we become enlightened, when our spiritual eyes are open, we become like God. This, This is the oldest trick in the book. And that is why the book of Revelation is for today. For it shows us the ultimate fate of Satan and those who are deceived by him. You remember me saying this many times. Whenever Satan comes to convict you of your past sins that you know were covered by the blood of Jesus, as he comes to remind you of your past, you remind him of his future. And the book of Revelation is the best place for that. (laughs) See, those people who doubt the prophecies of the book of Revelation are the very people who fall for the lies spread by the gospel of pluralism. Stand firm. Now I want to conclude by telling you a true story. It's a true story that will make every parent and grandparent Sit up and take notice. Above their education, above their material well-being, above all the trinkets that we give our children, knowing and loving Jesus should be the number one priority for parents today. There was an accomplished woman by the name of Ruth Montgomery. She was one of the most respected journalists in Washington, D.C. In 1945, she was the only journalist who was invited to attend Franklin Roosevelt's funeral. In 1950, she was voted as the president of the Women National Press Club. In 1959, she accompanied Vice President Nixon to the Soviet Union. She personally interviewed six presidents. In her biography, Ruth Montgomery said that her parents took her to Sunday school. They took her to Sunday school. Some people say, well, they take the kids to Sunday school, their job is done. In fact, she said, I dreamed of one day of becoming a missionary. But then, in the 60s, she befriended two famous psychics, Gene Dixon and Arthur Ford, and she became fascinated by the reincarnation. In fact, once she claimed that in former life she was the sister of Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, whom raised from the dead. And she used automatic writing to channel her books through demon spirit guides. She made a whole lot of predictions. One of them is that World War III will take place in the 80s. And when she died in 2001, she was no longer a respected journalist. Beloved, another victim of Satan's deception. That's we need to be equipped. For if we need anything these last days, it would be not just teaching and instructing, but modeling Christ to the next generation by not compromising our conviction regardless of the cost.
0: You've been listening to pastor and author Dr. Michael Youssef on the program known around the world as Leading the Way.
1: Hello friends, Michael Youssef here. You know, to some people the cross is a symbol of division and hatred to others the cross is an offense. Only those who place their whole trust in the Christ of the cross will receive forgiveness of all of their sins and guilt and receive eternal peace. Will you come to Christ
0: today? Visit ltw.org Jesus to find out more. read the Bible as if your life depends on it? Well, you should.
1: In Dr. Michael Youssef's book, How to Read the Bible, he reveals how the Bible guides you through life with faith and power. You'll understand that from the first pages of Genesis, all the way through the last words of Revelation, God is pointing you toward the Lord who saves completely and eternally. In a day, when so many preachers are saying that we need to ditch the Old Testament, we need to give up the Old Testament, I'm going to show you in this new book, How to Read the Bible, that the two, all the New Testament, are interrelated. You cannot have one without the other. One does not make sense without the other. And so I hope you're going to read that book and you're going to apply it to your life. It will strengthen your faith and your trust in the Word of God. Learn how to get your copy of Dr. Yusuf's book, How to Read the Bible, today when you visit ltw.org. ltw.org
0: Get more details about Dr. Yusuf's newest book, How to Read the Bible, when you visit ltw.org. We have this and lots of other great books, as well as audio and video resources. Make it a favorite. ltw.org Or you can also speak to a ministry representative. We're at 866-626-4356. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world.